On today's episode of the Private Practice MBA, we're gonna talk about something very important to every small business or private practice, which is your corporate counsel. There is no doubt about it. The business of medicine is sick. And that's why the team at Amelia Aesthetics created the Private Practice MBA podcast, where we unpack practical solutions to help plastic surgeons, residents, and even your private practice staff to go further, faster. I'm your host, Greta Nance, and each week on the podcast, we'll listen to and then break down a short lesson from our completely free business course found at theprivatepracticemba.com. Let's get started. My guest in the studio today is Robbie Poe, COO of Amelia Aesthetics, author, and one of our private practice MBA instructors. We're not going to be listening to one of our private practice MBA lessons today. We're going to talk about something that's on the forefront of our minds right now. How and how do you find and how much do you pay and what sort of corporate counsel should you look for for your private practice? So thank you for bringing this important topic to the front of our minds right now, Robbie. Let's talk about it. We had like these three moments over the last week where we just found ourselves taking a deep breath and saying, oh my gosh, we are so glad that we have amazing corporate counsel. And I think that so often when the, the idea of an attorney or corporate counsel, counsel gets involved, that the assumption is something went wrong, like something bad must have happened and we had to talk to an attorney. But as we will talk about today, that is rarely the case if you're doing it correctly. And after having these kind of three moments where we were like, wow, we are so glad that we have an ongoing conversation with our corporate counsel that they feel like a part of our team. And so it just made sense to hit pause on the private practice MBA lessons and to unpack this a little bit this week. Mm -hmm. I think the word even like lawyer versus counsel you know, is important to remember. They're, they're counseling us on so many things that we are not the experts at. You and I might be experts That's in business. Right. Dr. Pyle might be expert in the OR, but none of us are experts in law. So I think this is really important. Yeah. Um, so for my private practice, even if I'm a resident and I'm starting to think about opening my own practice, I think this is relevant. What should I look for in an attorney that I can have a long-term relationship with for my practice? Yeah, this is this is so important. And uh, this is like what I'm about to say so much of like, what we teach kind of on the private practice MBA platform is like kind of mental model based that it's like, hey, let's take this model that that a lot of wisdom kind of like has has run through and books have been written about it. What I'm about to say is not that. So take take this for a, with a grain of salt. But like what I have personally found that I just significantly value about our corporate counsel are kind of three things like first the, like our corporate counsel he is not the only attorney in his practice like and he, he there are other people that he can kind of like bounce an idea off of that he can get feedback or guidance from himself to say 
hey, I've got, you know, sometimes you, you can't see the forest for the trees or you can't build the cabin and scout the woods, however you look at that. Like, and I love that he has other attorneys who we also trust that he can kind of turn his head to the side and say, hey, this is kind of what I think about this. What do you think? So I love that our corporate counsel exists with other attorneys that he can get feedback on. And more specifically, kind of the second thing is that the 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 firm that he works with or actually the firm that he owns he has a, like multidiscipline attorneys mm -hmm. that he has access mm -hmm. to as well said differently it's not just like one kind of attorney that they all got together and said hey the five of us love this one type of law and so let's all start a business together instead it's multidiscipline like when we have you know, a, a team member issue, or we have a trademark issue, or we have a new product we're excited about launching, or there's a new Amelia that's going to open, like we have access to so many types of attorneys just because we have a great relationship with one of them, we have really valued that. And yet, I don't think those two things are the most important thing. I think the most important thing that we've learned about working with great corporate counsel is to find one that just because they could do something doesn't mean that they recommend that we do. Said differently, just because you could sue someone, just because you could take X, Y, or Z legal recourse against someone. Like just because you could doesn't mean you should. You know, the, there's, there's, um, uh, so I, I won't say their name, but there's someone out in the business world who says 2% of the population is just a little off the rails. That, you know, it doesn't matter how well you serve them. It doesn't matter how good of a job you do. They're, they just live their life off the rails. And we do our best not to serve those people because it's, it's really tough to serve people who live their life off the rails. But sometimes you accidentally do. And there have been situations where people have done things they shouldn't have done. They did things that were not legal. And our corporate counsel looked at us and said, hey, don't poke people who live their life off the rails. This one might actually be better to just let let it go, like let the justice go, like in the justice meter in our minds, just, just let them go do their thing. And I think that's been the most valuable thing of working with our corporate, corporate counsel is them making sure that we know, hey, you could, but we would recommend that you don't mm -hmm. just because you could. And I think that has saved us a ton of headaches and it's made them a little bit less money up front. But man, does that make us want to engage them further and more often in the future? Mm -hmm. Well, that makes me want to dig in a little further because I was thinking about a couple things. First of all, that's a really tough thing to seek out. If I'm a new surgeon, how do I decide if this person is going to be practical or look at it with a holistic view? But my other thought was also, you know, we're running modern practices here. In my mind, a lot of lawyers seem very traditional and risk adverse. Is there, a, do you also recommend seeking out corporate counsel that is a little bit more modern, that understands your practice maybe a little bit and what you're trying to do? Because I would think our corporate counsel would just be like, stop, stop rocking the boat. It seems like it seems like a lawyer thing to usually do. So is there personality involved in this? Yes, I think that is, in fact, the way that you can kind of tell if this is someone who is going to just always recommend some kind of legal action or someone who is actually going to help protect your practice long term, which is the point, right? Like it, the, the point isn't. Let's make sure that every time we could take legal action that we do. 
that isn't the point. The point is like you're hiring and paying this person to protect your practice long term. And so I think that it only takes three to five minutes having a cup of coffee with someone to know, is this someone who is just like a super cutthroat attorney? Or is this someone who you can just tell by the, by the way that they carry themselves, by the way that they speak, by the way they talk, the way that they sit in a chair? Like, is this a reasonable person or is this someone who is like unbelievably high on the justice meter and they are like, you know what? It doesn't matter what is the recourse or what happens down the road. We could, so we should. And, and I, I don't think it takes more than three to five minutes. Maybe there are personality types out there. And if you are the type of personality who is like, I am like, that's me. Like I am super high on the justice meter. It makes me so mad when me or my team or someone gets taken advantage of in, in a way that just like we could, we could really rake that person over the coals for hurting us. Like if, if, especially if you're that type of person, you should work double hard to find someone who is reasonable on the corporate counsel side of things because it is going to save you so much time, so much money, and so much attention on things that you do not want to be giving your attention to. That's so helpful. So when should I engage corporate counsel? Say I'm a resident, say I'm just opened my new practice, maybe I'm a year or two in and I don't have one yet. When is the right time to engage corporate counsel? I may have said earlier, I, I think that one of the biggest misconceptions about corporate corporate counsel is that you should only engage them when something bad happens. Honestly, we have more conversations with, with our counsel when something good is happening. When we have a surgeon who's excited to open an Amelia or when we have an organization that is maybe interested in engaging our agency to build something for them. Like more often than not, we are reaching out to our corporate counsel in a moment of like opportunity, not typically in a moment of, oh no, like the crap is hitting the fan kind of thing. Certainly there are those moments, but I wanna make sure that like, if there's any paradigm shift that I hope people who's, who are listening to this can have, that is that corporate counsel is just as, if not more relevant in the good times as they are in the bad. And so like, when should you engage them? One, before you ever sign your name on a piece of paper, May, even if it's just quote unquote boilerplate, like it is not it like you know when someone slides you a contract they are sliding their best interests on a piece of paper towards you so please don't ever sign something before your counsel reviews it also like don't engage in a new business partnership until your corporate counsel is involved and knows about it like so often you, we've thought hey let's just engage in this new partnership it'll be great and we talk to our counsel and he's like, hey, but have you thought about X, Y, and Z? And have you thought about NDAs? And have you thought about this stuff? And it's like, oh, we, we never we never thought about that. Think about like team member onboarding. Like there are agreements that you're going to want your team members to make while they're joining or maybe even leaving your practice. Like that has to be a conversation that your counsel is involved in. Early conversations, especially on team member arrivals and departures, are just it's going to be money well spent to make sure that it, everyone, everyone, not just the practice, but that everyone is good and protected and knows the expectations that, that they have. 
Um, I know that private practices sign a ton of contracts around like agreements with vendors, you know, maybe it's a breast implant company or an injectable company or something like that. Again, please do not sign anything until you know exactly what that contract says. And that's a great place for your corporate counsel to get involved. One thing Jeremy always says, like whenever I walk into his office, and I'm like, hey, should we involve our attorney on this? And he's like, look, if you're asking if we should, we should. And so to me, that's kind of a litmus test is, is that am I putting my name on something or am I getting this kind of like, I think maybe I should talk to them or if I'm putting something about the business on the line via another person like a team member. So those are kind of the, the, the three things that I can think of. There's probably five. That's not, you know, an official list. There's probably a couple of things I'm missing, but just like, you know, anytime you kind of get that. I should probably be involving like an attorney on this. You absolutely should do not hesitate. Do it. I'm just not afraid to phone a friend or like to call in an expert. Yeah. I am very aware that I do not know the rules. And I'm glad you brought up the safety for the whole office, not even just the owner or the director. Like I know for me, posting photos and sharing patient nude photos gives me a lot of anxiety every time we make a tweak or anytime I'm questioning, am I doing it right by the patient? Am I doing everything? Having him look at mm -hmm. our photo consent or whatever gives me so much peace of mind because I'm not an expert. Let's ask him. And it makes me feel so much better that I am respecting our patients and I am clearly communicating yeah. and that gives me a lot of peace. So lawyers sound like a lot of money. So give me some expectation. I'm a new surgeon. Um, how much should I expect to pay? Yeah, it just it just depends on what type of work is being done. And so I think a good rule of thumb is like 150 an hour is probably a bit on the low end. I'm not saying you won't ever get charged 150, but it's probably it's not going to be, you know, heavy hitting legal documents at 150 an hour, most likely, depending on your part of the country, these numbers might be way off as well. But just from our experience, like typically I see anywhere from 275 to 325 an hour. That's about what we pay for kind of our heavier things that we we work with a corporate counsel on. Sometimes I see 150, 175 an hour. I've seen as high as 450 to 500 an hour when we were putting like major operating agreements together, things along those lines. But like, again, don't be afraid to ask for a fee schedule. That's not an unreasonable thing. And so, you know, I think that it, especially when, when you are wading into territory that you're not familiar nor comfortable with, you should be honest and say, hey, I do not understand how fee structures work on the attorney side of things. Could you please set a clear expectation? And this is a great list, litmus test too. Like if they're not able to say, okay, here, here's, here's five bullet points and here's what you can expect to pay for this, 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 and this. And here's an example of each one. A, a reasonable attorney is not going to have any weirdness around you asking questions about, Hey, how do I, how do I know what I'm going to pay for something. How do you bill? I assume it's by hour, but like, you know, wh what can I expect? Just ask the question. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And especially because we've been talking about budgeting so much for our private practice the mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. How do you know how to forecast that out if you don't ask? So I appreciate right. your transparency with pricing. Um, I think this is a really important topic that I'm glad we paused on our regular scheduled programming to cover because it is so important. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this week? Do not 
ever hesitate to spend money on corporate counsel. There has never been a time where I have regretted a single dollar that we have spent on our corporate counsel. Like there have been moments, maybe it was in a contract or something like that, where I'm like, oh man, like that was thousands of dollars. Like we just paid a lot of money for that. And yet those are the things that we continually go back to and say, oh, we are so thankful that we worked with our corporate counsel on onboarding documents, offboarding documents, patient agreements, like all of these things, like the, your corporate counsel is there. It's your insurance policy, one of your insurance policies towards your practice. And so please do not be a cheapskate when it comes to your corporate counsel. There are a lot of things like cups in the break room, be a cheapskate on that, but do not be a cheapskate on this very important professional service that is there to protect you and to make sure that you're there long-term. Solid information. Thank you so much, Robbie. Thank you for everyone for listening today. If you want to check out our Instagram or go directly to theprivatepracticemba.com, you can just check our show notes and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. <laughs>